Father, again, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, tonight, Father, we choose, as individuals, we choose to incline our ears unto your word. As much as it is possible within us, Father, we choose to set aside all of the distractions of this day. Anything, Father, that would distract us from your heavenly purpose for our life. Lord, we've come here to hear your word. We've come here to be taught by your spirit. We're trusting you, Father, that the entrance of your word will indeed bring light to us and bring understanding to us. Again, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as the great and the only true teacher of the church. And I'm asking you again in Jesus' name to rise up and live big in each of us and open the word of God to us in such a way that it speaks directly to our spirit, man. That it's not just something we listen to with our physical ears or try to concern ourselves with with our mind. But Father, we open our spirit to your spirit. And we're asking you, Father, please, please communicate these truths to us in a way that we'll understand. Take us from strength to strength. Take us from faith to faith. Take us from glory to glory, Father. In Jesus' name, I know that you're willing, Lord. So we yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And we in Jesus' name declare that tonight we will be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. That the eyes of our understanding will be opened in Jesus' name so that we can see what is the hope of our calling and what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance that is, that is in us. And, O oh God, that we might know what is the exceeding greatness, not just the greatness, but the exceeding greatness of the power that is to usward who believe. You said it is according to the very same power that you wrought when you raised your son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. And you made him to sit at your own right hand, far above, far above far above all principalities and powers and mights and dominions and above every name that is named. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only in this world, you said, but also in that which is to come. So, Father, we receive strength tonight to hear. We receive strength tonight to listen and to speak. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Open the word of God to us. In the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Okay. I want you to turn to Romans chapter five and we're on page. This is our number five of uh, which side of Calvary. Uh, we're still on lesson four where we left off. And I'm going to start actually on verse one because again, forgive me for repeating myself, but Romans again, let me say over and over again, Romans is considered to be one of the most spiritual books. I mean, you know, and it sounds corny because all of God's word is spiritual. But this book is probably the book that lays out as strongly and clearly for us uh, the plan of God in Christ Jesus. It, it's as strong in this book as any other book there is. Very, very important to read the whole book of Romans and to learn to read it, as it were, you know, in context with itself. In other words, you read the first three or four chapters and as I always say, you have to really meditate on Romans 4, 5, and 6, and 7 to really begin to comprehend what 8 and 9 is saying because there's some hard sayings in Romans 11 that uh, cause a lot of people confusion. 
And so you have to really have a stability in your spirit about these previous chapters and all that Paul is trying to communicate because it's a large letter. But we're talking about grace. We're talking about, again, this incredible love that's come to us from heaven. We're talking about the unsearchable riches of Christ, as it's called. We're talking about the fact that in this covenant that we have today, something brand new has happened that totally outdistances anything that happened when Satan defeated or, or deceived man in Adam in the Garden of Eden. But we're going to start right in verse 1, and we're going to read a lot of Scripture. If we can, actually, f forgive me, but I'm going, to, I'm going to back up to verse 24 in Romans 4. So let's start in Romans 4, 24. Uh, well, Romans 4, 23. But the words, it was credited to him. In other words, righteousness is right standing with God, speaking about Abraham in Romans 3. Romans 4, rather, says that his faith was credited to him as right standing with God in verse 22. Verse 23, but the words it was credited to him were written not for his sake alone, but they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness, standing that is acceptable to God, will be granted and credited to us also who believe in and trust in and adhere to and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. So again, it says right there, if, if all of us in this room are born again, it says that right standing with God has been granted, has been, not going to be, it's not in the future, it's in the past tense. It has been granted us right standing with God, standing which makes us, which makes us remember which makes us acceptable to God, has already been granted to us by our faith in this man named Jesus Christ. Verse 25, it says, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds. And he was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balance and absolving us from all guilt before God. Hallelujah. And again, as we read these, keep asking yourself the question over and over again, you know, do I believe that Jesus Christ was successful in the mission that he came to perform for the Father? In other words, did he succeed in doing what God asked him to come to this earth to do? And of course, we have to say yes. So in other words, this is a finished work here. We're talking about the finished work of Christ and this outworking of it, this grace, this righteousness that's come to us. Now start in verse 1 of Romans 5, and Paul says, Therefore, in other words, because of everything we just read, since we are justified, and again, notice that it's not going to be in the future that you have been justified already by your faith in Christ. I mean, you have to look yourself in the mirror every day and say, you have already been justified. You're right with God now, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what your behavior happens to be at the moment. We're going to get into that tonight. The fact is, you've been declared right by virtue of your faith in God. Not because you live perfectly, but because Jesus Christ lived perfectly. Hallelujah. And the life that you live and I live, we're now to live by His faith, Paul said in Galatians 1, Galatians 2. The life that we now live, we live by Jesus' faith. In other words, before you can ever really live it by your faith, you have to believe in what His faith produced. Verse 1, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, 
Let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Verse 2, through Him also we have our access, our entrance, our introduction by faith into this grace, into this grace, the state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. Hallelujah. 